But you have them. Don't know what you're talking about. Don't know what I'm talking about, but that's okay, because the goy knows. <laughs> but uh, we, we just came back from that, and uh, wow, what an amazing, amazing experience. The, the last of the founding fathers has passed from this life. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that was an amazing experience. And, you know, someone asked me one time, uh, could you introduce yourself, sir? Don Kedav from the land of Israel. And, Don, I want to say thank you for being on Insight to Israel. Don, you know, someone asked me one time, they said, uh, it was when the Intifada first started last fall, and I was in Hebron uh, with the soldiers there, and they said, how, someone posted on my Facebook page, they said, how can you say it's another beautiful day in the Jewish state with all of the murder that is taking place? And, wow, what a great opportunity to speak a word of encouragement. Sure. I said, you know why I can say that? Because there is a Jewish state. And one thing that I've learned, and I've, you know, you come up with different phraseologies in this business, as I'm sure you're aware of, but certain things come to your mind. But one thing that's amazing that I will say to the world now, regardless of your attempts, you will never stop the greatness of the Jewish people and what they've done here in 68 years as they, uh, as they continue to expand and bless the world. So uh, anyway, I want to say thank you for being on Insight to Israel. Yes, sir. And uh, I found you in the social media. Yeah. And uh, I don't know how long your organization. Could you explain to the listeners and to the, the viewers uh, exactly what you do? Okay. Well, basically what I do is I do public diplomacy for the state of Israel. Um, ah. Yeah. You're official. No, I'm not official. That's okay. a good thing. Because I'm not official, Okay. then what I can do is I can... Um, really tell the truth. Really tell the truth. The way I see it, again, it's my from my prism, from my perspective. Okay. And my perspective is a Jewish Zionist perspective. Um, and it's also a religious Jewish Zionist perspective. So in other words, I'm a religious Zionist. I don't believe in secular Zionism. In fact, I believe, just as you pointed out, Amen. one of the last of the finding fathers of the political Zionist state. Um, he was a great man in political Zionism. And I'm not going to speak evil of someone who's just passed away. I'm not trying to, but my point is, his generation were not religious Zionists. If you notice, you know, Mr. Shimon Peres was not ever found to, wear, to be wearing a kippah on a daily basis, on a norm like I do, like you see me, right? Um, and many of our politicians are like that. We haven't had one prime minister in the state of Israel who has worn the kippah as his daily, as, it, as his identity as a Jewish, you know, representative of the Jewish state of Israel. And that, to me, I find is a shame. And that's what I mean about religious Zionism. And thank God, today in Israel, there is a new movement of religious Zionists that are speaking out, that are taking uh, front stage. And you have examples of that in. Um, for example, the Jewish Home. The Jewish Home Party is a wonderful party. We have Jewish Zionists there. They're leading the way. And we have secular Zionists in there. But they, 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 they attach themselves to the Jewish Zionists because those are the ones that are leading the party from a biblical foundation. Wow. And, one, and here's the thing. Once you move from the biblical foundation, in my opinion, and this is, you know, history has proven itself in this nation, we get spit out of the land because that's what God said. Wow. He told us that if you do not obey my commandments, A, B, C, D, yeah, then I'm going to spit you out of this land. Why were we able to defeat those who were living here and to kick them out, so to speak? Because a lot of people say that your God has commanded you to go murder and plumage and destroy and la, la, la. And I'll tell you, for one, yeah, but no. Because the difference is, just like it was for our sake, 
when those people that were living here were living idolatrous in a holy land that for whatever reason God created the universe he created the stars he created the the, the space that we don't even understand and right. cannot even fathom not NASA not nobody I mean we're talking about a massive massive space out there yeah I mean this is the creator of all of that and this and if he so chose a little speck of his beautiful creation to make his own to make holy and set apart from everything else in creation and say this is mine and guess what? I'm also going to choose the people to be mine. Right. And I'm going to choose those people to live according to my standard. And if you do so, I will give you this set-apart piece of land, and I will kick out those who don't belong here anymore because of their idolatry. Right. Right. Now, mind you, you. Now, mind you, when I the agree. Jewish people entered this land, they entered with Egyptians who came with them into the desert for 40 years, who followed them because they said, your God is the true God. And, you know, some people, many people don't think understand this, but there were Gentile Egyptians who were wandering in the desert with the Jewish people. Wow. Because they said, your God is the true God. They Just saw like, evidence of that. In the... Yeah, they saw, they saw their gods were defeated in Egypt. They were <laughs> defeated. So they said, we're following you. And to think there were Jews that actually stayed behind. And there were Jews that stayed behind. Yeah. And that's always the case. I mean, that's right. just the reality. That's the human condition. We right. always want to remain in the comfort zone. Of, slaves. Yeah, slaves to the to the system. So they saw Egypt as, as a comfortable place where they could eat their meat, right, and their leeks and their onions, as the Jewish people are saying in the desert, which at this time they're Israelites. So for those who want to get on my case about the Jewish thing, you know, sure, I understand the history of the right. Jewish thing. But, but these are Israelites, and, and, and here's the deal. They were set apart. And it was, it was the first generation that had to be killed and, and die in the desert because of their disbelief. Because they wouldn't live according to God's commandments even in the desert. So those had to die away because of their lack of faith, lack of obedience to God. And it's the generation after that that made a new covenant. They recircumcised, they entered the land, and they conquered it in order to, dis, to, to how do I say, remove the inhabitants of idolaters and to bring in an inhabitants that was God-fearing. It was as long as we were God-fearing, God was faithful to us and Amen. preserving us in this land. It's no different today. So we need a Jewish Zionist movement to take us to the next step or else we're pretty much doomed. You know, and that's the, 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 the sad fallacy with those who do not give... Because Zionism, the word Zion is a biblical term. Yes. How you can get away from that? Who coined it? Uh, King David. King right. David was the one that coined the term Zion. <laughs> the stronghold of Zion when he took it from the Jebusites. The right. Jebusite stronghold. They made fun of him. King David had a, 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 a holy zealous anger that came on him. He said, okay, Righteous no problem. Righteous indignation. Righteous indignation. You guys use in English. Yeah. Righteous indignation. He said, okay. You're going to say that I'm blind and lame and all this? I'm going to show you that my God is the same God that helped me defeat that disgusting giant, that uncircumcised Philistine. I'm going to show you that that God is the same God that's going to help me take your stronghold. Wow. And therefore he did. He did it as a testimony that God's with us. He took it and then he claimed it and called it the stronghold of Zion. So Zion wow. was coined by King David and hence... Also, the movement Zionism came from that term, Zion, the return to Zion. And therefore, that's why we started our movement, Cry for Zion, in 2014. We started Cry for Zion. I've seen your videos on YouTube. Yeah. Amazing. And, and And really what our goal is, is to restore and to put Zion in the very focal point of the Zionist movement. 
What? Here's a question. What is Zionism without Zion? The Jewish people, we have forfeited Zion to Muslim fanatics, right. to the Islamic walk represented by Jordan, to make a mockery of us. And paid for by the United States government, might I add. Well, we're training, yeah. actually, we're training them in Jordan. Uh, I was actually on the Jordanian border. I have a video on YouTube. And uh, I saw two American soldiers yeah. on the other side. They weren't in uniform. But you could tell. They were two huge black guys. I said, what are you guys <laughs> doing over there? We're Americans. I said, you're in the military, aren't you? Yeah. Well, what are you, I knew they were going to answer me because I'm smart enough to know that. And I said, what are you guys doing over there? Well, we can't say. I said, I know what you're doing. You're training Muslims and you're arming them that will eventually come against the Jewish state. And they were in shock. Yeah. And I said, have you been to Israel? Well, we can't go for security reasons. Yeah. Really? The only democracy in the Middle East funded by the U.S. government and you can't come here to take pictures for your mama? Yeah. It, it's, it's, part of the, it's part of this anti-Semitic anti-Israel sentiment that's in your government, unfortunately. Yeah. Both parties, both political parties. If you look at, I think if you look on the uh, website, of the United States website, the, you know, was it .gov or something like that? .gov. If you're searching as an American saying, what countries can I safely go to, right? I think it's on your guys' website. Yeah. And there, Israel is labeled as a not safe country to visit at this time. Is that right? Yeah, and Jerusalem has actually been... Uh, labeled as not to, specifically Jerusalem. I know goes on. Yeah. Okay. So goes on. And 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 that's the key, folks. Which which, by the way, you're talking about Jerusalem. Jerusalem, even with the rise of terror lately, is the safest city, one of the safest cities in the world, and it's safer than the safest city in the United States, statistically proven. Safer than Chicago, which has about six murders every night. I said safer than the safest <laughs> city in the United States. I don't know where that Chicago, would be. Chicago is way out of this ballpark. Yeah. yeah You've had yeah. over 2,000 deaths in this year alone, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, are, what's your focal point? Our focal point is the Temple Mount. Our focal point is the Temple Mount, which is the nerve. It's the it's the epicenter of the world. It's the place where heaven meets earth. Absolutely. It's the place where the kingdom of God is going to be established in the earth through the Messiah of Israel. He will set his feet, as it says, according to the prophets, on the Mount of Olives, and he will enter, regardless of the Muslims putting up a big wall, you a big it. block in the in the Golden and, Gate, and dead bodies there, and dead bodies. The, yeah, the the. the Chief Rabbi, which is the Mashiach, yeah. can't go near dead bodies. Right, as if, <laughs> as if God, as if God is 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 going to be hindered, hindered because of man's foolish attempts to stop him. Uh. Good luck to Islam. Good luck, and I'm talking about not, not about some of my good Muslim friends. I have good Muslim friends. I'm not talking about those. I don't. <laughs> I'm not talking about those that that, that that really don't live out their faith. I'm talking about Islam, the religion of Islam within the Quran and what it says, for those of you who follow that and you really think that you're going to stop the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and defeat Israel, and you're going to stop the Messiah of Israel from setting his feet, and he will take down the Al-Aqsa Mosque if it's still standing. He will establish his kingdom there. That's what I believe. And if you have a problem with that, tough. Tough. Well, on Insight to Israel, we don't allow for the most part, the voice of opposition. They have enough voice. We only have on people that we agree with. <laughs> so, so, so that's me, what we're doing. So let me ask you. In a nutshell. Just a little background here. Yeah. You, you got a good English. Yeah. You got a good grasp on the English language. Well, unfortunately, thankful, 
I'm thankful, but thankful to your uh, uh, Hollywood. And so, yeah, I had I had a very bad English. Uh, um, you know, if you've ever met Israelis, and I'm sure you have through your years here, you say, "Oh, English!" I mean, oh. I'm surrounded and by they, them, and they start cursing at you, and you go, oh. "You know, right?" Well, that's because that's what we learned. So, yeah, my English was was kind of bad, street English, and you know, Hollywood English. And uh, I studied in the U.S. for a while and brushed up on and my. Both English. your parents are American. Both my parents are American, but they're right. Israelis. They, they, yeah, the Israelis, and today they're no no longer alive. But uh, my father fought in World War II. Oh, wow. Yeah. How old are you? I'm only 34. 36. 36. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, my father had me and my... Uh, later in life. Later in life. Wow. So my sister's, in, my sister's in her 60s. Now, you have two kids. We have two kids, Where's yes. your wife from? My she wife is from Sweden. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Swedish Jew. Well, today, yes. My wife went through Jewish conversion. She conversion, okay. Yeah, so okay. she grew up as a Christian Zionist. My wife grew up as a Christian Zionist. And uh, <laughs> and today, <laughs> and today we, we both live in Israel. Wow. Jewish couple, Jewish kids. And uh, so there are my kids are the first Jewish lineage within her family. Wow, first generation, too. First generation, yes, wow, sir. Wow, that's, that's a miracle. Yes. That is a miracle. So we are raising Jewish... Zionist in the land of Israel. And you live near the Gaza. We live near the Gaza Strip. Yes, sir. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah just, just uh, a rocket throw away. Now, <laughs> and again, thank you to the American government for funding the Gaza Strip and creating tunnels and rockets. Yeah. Let well, me actually, ask you. Well, actually, just, just a small correction. Okay. The number one funder of the Palestinian people, the, the Palestinian Authority, are the Europeans. But the spearhead, the head, head nation. In all the world, the funds the most is not the United States. So you can put yourself, you can give yourself a small pat on the back and say, "Yeah, great." One finger. One finger. It's actually Germany, anti-Semitic Germany. Nothing Does has not changed. surprise me. No, but they but they do it so secretly. See, when you travel through Judea and Samaria, and I call it that, it's what they call the occupied territories. That's Judea and Samaria because those are the biblical terms, historic terms. Right. That's the first Bible belt. It's the first Bible Belt. That's right. It's the first Bible Belt. Not, not Kenneth Florida. Blum. Kenneth Blum. Thank you. Not Florida. Not, not, not uh, Texas. Yeah, but not yeah, the that's, Midwest. Not the Midwest. But yes, the first Bible Belt. This is where the Bible was written in, and talking about all the prophecies. Everything over eighty percent is in Judea and Samaria, wow. and we're in the very heart of that, which is Jerusalem. And so, anyhow, when you drive through there, anything that is funded by the U.S. actually has U.S. aid signs. Right. The, the 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 Germans they're clever. They don't put any signs up. They just send the cash and promote their anti-Semitic agenda. That's going to try to fight and destroy. That's our why their children are slaves to Islam. Yeah. Oh yeah. What motivated you to to start uh, this organization? What was your what was your what was the was there a moment when you said this is what I have to do? Yes. What was happening is. For many years now, I've been traveling around the world, speaking to Christian Zionists about Israel, teaching them about their Jewish roots of their faith, because many Christians... So important. Yeah, because many Christians, you know, they think that Christianity started in Rome, which is technically true in year 325... No, it didn't. Can I say that? No, it didn't. It didn't start in Rome. <laughs> well, I'll get to it. Okay. See, in year 325 C, Christian era, you, you know, if you will, three, was it... any rate, in 325... Of this era, according to the Gregorian calendar, there which was the Catholic Church changed, which the Catholic Church established it through and the Christmas, Roman. By the way, which is pagan, but go ahead. I'm not going to get into all the holy cows today, 
I'm going to try to be nice to, no, to the Christian ahead. audience, but, no, no. but here's the problem, is that many Christians, their religion stems, their faith stems from what the Roman Catholic Church established with the Roman, that's why it's called Roman Catholic, right. because of the Roman Empire that married with a Jewish messianic movement in Jerusalem. Okay, so 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 that Jewish messianic movement got hijacked by Rome, and it got wow. and it got uh, as you said, it got paganized. It got pagan. That's why they spread ideas. so quickly. And that's why they spread so quickly because it's funded by Rome. So anyhow, you can look it up. The first Council of Nicaea, 325. That's when Christianity was established. Christianity, but the early, early, early um, believers or those of the way, as they're called, um, those original followers of this Jewish messianic movement that started in Jerusalem, those so-called Christians had a completely different faith. It was more Jewish in its nature. It was more Jewish in its expression. You guys kept the feast. You didn't keep Christmas. You kept the Jewish feast. You kept kept even the dietary laws. Gentiles were keeping the dietary laws. There was a bit of dispute with Peter and... uh... And there was there was a scripture in there that talks yep. about the dispute over meats. We're, we're, we don't want to get meat into sacrifice it, but idols and so on. So sure. At the end of the day, the key components, yeah, such as all of the feast days, yeah, which are on You're God's follow- ta- calendar. Yeah, Jews. These were Christians, or rather, I would call them pagans. Yeah, pagans who were non-Jewish that that saw the outlet of this messianic movement right. like you have a Chabad today in Israel. And saw the beauty of it. And they looked at that and they said, oh, we like this. We like these Jews. We like what they have to give us. Right. We don't like our pagan religion. We want what they have. And so they were following these Jewish people yeah, yeah. of this, this Jewish Chabad of that day, if you will. It's, yeah. you know, because because these are Jews that said, this is our, our Messiah. Right. And just like Chabad today, they have Schneerson, they said, this is our Messiah. Doesn't mean that they started a new religion. They're right. Jews. Right. I mean, they're as Jewish and as Orthodox as they come. Right. So was the early church, if you will. Right. They I, were, I agree. Yeah. It's amazing. So but, these Gentiles were living more Jewish, is what I'm saying. Right. And, and that's part of what I try to do, is I try to teach Christians and say, look, this is really your history. If you want to... If you really want to follow the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, this is your origin. This is where you go back to the founding. Go back to the founding. The more you are to your origin, the more biblical you'll be, and the more um, the more connected you'll be to Israel. Absolutely. And the more connected and the more protected you'll be, I believe, in the end times when when the Messiah is about to come, because in those in the last days, in the times of of when the Mashiach is going to come, it's going to get from what we understand from the prophecies. It's going to get bad. It's going to get yeah. It's going to Get, there's going to be Gog and Magog and all these things. There's going to be an intense time in history, and I believe the safest place in the world is with Israel. Absolutely. And is with joining with Israel. So I believe as a Jew, I'm in the safest place in the world being Absolutely. part of the Jewish tribe, okay, and being God-fearing. I believe that's the safest place because I know that I'm secure in my faith. I know I'm secure in where we're going. And, uh, and my hope is to see Christians be- becoming more authentic to their faith, more biblical in their faith, because I see how that's going to connect them more with Israel, and it's also going to help you. Right. It's going to help you as, a, as somebody who's going to try to make it through these very hairy times that were coming up upon us. And so as I was traveling and talking about these things, a light came on and I realized, wait a minute, there's something that's very central and important here, and that's the Temple Mount. And we're all missing it. It's right there under our nose. It's kind of like one of those things that's kind of like the elephant in the room. Right. It's there, but we don't know how to tackle it. We're all, you know, because of the media, 
because of the because governments. Of governments and all these different things that are pushing away from this issue that's really the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about. But really, this is the epicenter where once this is under Jewish control, Mashiach is coming. That's a fact. You've already got everything together for the third temple. The Thank priests, God, yes. You've got all the, yes. the Thanks to the Jewish materials for inside. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the Institute, Temple Institute. The Temple Institute. Rabbi uh, Chaim Richman. He's been on the radio show before. Amazing awesome. man. Yes. Amazing Thanks man. to these wonderful Jews who are preparing the way for the world. They're not just preparing the way for, for Jewish people like me. They're preparing it for you. They're preparing for the world. Because once this mountain, Mount Zion, is under Jewish control, and is under Jewish sovereignty, which is what we're fighting for, right. I believe, like I said, there's going to be, because this is what we believe as Jews, is that, that peace is going to emanate from this place, healing is going to emanate from this place, godliness is going to emanate from this place. In other words, everything comes into alignment between heaven and earth. Absolutely, I agree. So, and that's a long, hard battle to get there. Yeah, for sure. it's a fight. You better believe it. So, uh, we've actually had uh, Rabbi Yehuda Glick, who's now in the Knesset. Yes, he's awesome guy. Uh, amazing man. God preserved that man's life. It was a miracle. And uh, yeah. with that being said, uh, your focus is the Temple Mount. Yeah. Um, how involved is your family in all of this? It's a good question. Um, Cry for Zion really is a family. It's a family business, if you will. Okay. You know, it's a, it's a family organization. A lot of my family is involved in uh, if it's designing the website, helping with the educational videos, uh, helping with this video. I mean, it's a family. You know, you met my father-in-law, for example. Yeah. yeah. And um, so each one of us has our part, and um, and that's how we're making it. This is how we're making Cry for Zion. We're not a huge organization. We don't have a big funding, right. big organizations. We don't have the government behind us. Um, but we're doing what we can and, and with the that, little that we have. That, you know, <laughs> from my experience being here for four years, yeah. you use what you have, yeah. the blessing will come. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta start you somewhere, have. because a lot of people are gonna use excuses. People say, "I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a speaker. I'm not a public speaker. I didn't, I didn't learn public speaking. I, my, my background is security. I learned to be a security guard to keep his mouth shut, to stand in the corner of the room." <laughs> And actually, that's the origin. You're losing. You're losing the battle. Yeah. And that's the origin of what got me into my public diplomacy for Israel. Because when I sat in on a lot of these meetings with different diplomats and leaders and Palestinian authority figures and everybody, and hearing their part, hearing this part, hearing the Israeli, hearing the left, hearing the right, and you just have to listen to all of these opinions. Right. I got so frustrated because, like I said, can't I'm, even imagine. Because I'm a Jewish Zionist, I believe in biblical Zionism, not in this 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 mythical idea of a kumbaya world with nah. the, with 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 the wisdom of man and I'm smarter than God nonsense. Okay, and so I'm standing. I ask myself, where are the God-fearing Jews who are going to step up to these? These, 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 these maniacs, they're talking nonsense. Yeah. Where's the David who's going to say, you uncircumcised Philistine, wow. shut your mouth. You're speaking against the God of Israel, the anointed, anointed of Israel, which is us. Right. You need to sit down, buddy. Where are those people? Where are those people? Instead, it's all this like, well, you see, and it's Hasbara. Hasbara comes from the term, this is what we call our public diplomacy. We use a term in Hebrew called Hasbara. Hasbara is a bad term. It means to explain. In my, and, I asked, and I asked the people in the and foreign you, ministry... You've explained a thousand times. I asked the people in foreign ministry and this and that, all the public diplomacy um, venues from this nation, I've confronted them, and I said, why do you do us, Barah? Are we, are, do we owe the world anything? 
Do I have to explain my existence in the longest existing empire in the world? No. That's what we are. We don't have to explain ourselves. Does America explain themselves? Does Russia explain themselves? Does China explain themselves? No, they do what they want. They do what they want. Why can't we? So that's our problem is we feel this need because of anti-Semitism to tell the world, look, we're not guilty. Look, we don't kill babies, but we create beautiful technology. Look, we don't murder, but we make, uh, you know, we make uh, satellites go out into the sky or whatever. So, okay. So here's what the people on the other side of the world are getting. Oh, so because you make, you know, uh, cutting edge technology to save lives, you can take lives? You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can murder poor Palestinian children in Gaza because you also save poor American children in America or in Europe because of your technology? I mean, it's a mixed message. Yeah. Instead of just saying, first of all, A, we don't kill poor Palestinians in Gaza. A, that's a fact. And if there is collateral in any war that happens in any war, any battlefield in the world, but one thing I can tell you, we do everything in our power to prevent the loss of human life. And I appreciate that, but honestly, brother, I'll tell you what. But we don't have to explain that to the world. We just have to to defend ourselves. My observation is most policy, whether it's political or military is created for the sake of not protecting Jews but caring appeasing a world that will never care correct never no never and I say to the Jews in the United States APAC go away the Jews don't need you all of the lobbyists Go away. The Jews don't need you. You need two things, each other and God. And the American Jews, let me say this, every rabbi's in direct disobedience to Almighty God until he's the next Moses leading the Jewish people home. Yeah, that's good. I like that. I, I don't disagree with that statement This is common sense. Yeah. The doors are open. Yeah. We, we have to stop trying to appease the world as Jews. We have to take the diaspora out of ourselves, this mentality of the diaspora, right. that I have to please the Tsar. I have to please Obama. I don't care about Obama and his policies. I don't care about Hillary and her policies. I don't care about... I don't care about George Bush and his policies, and which were anti-Israel in the, in the big picture. They were pro-Saudi and pro-Muslim. He's the one that led the roadmap to peace, which gave us no peace. Okay? Yeah. So I really, as a Jew who lives in this land and who believes in the Bible, and that's going to be my anchor. I'm not going to move from it. I really don't care what you and the nations have an opinion about my existence in this land. We will do what we have to do. We will follow the Bible. If you think that's bigotry, too bad for you. My God's on my side. (laughs) I'll it with you. I'm not even Jewish. You know, my God's on my side. Amen. And so, yeah, I mean, I agree with what you said because because that's just being factual. We don't have to explain ourselves. We don't have to please the wow, nation. so nice to hear, bro. We just have to live according to what God told us, and that's what we said here in the beginning, or else God will spit us out of this land. Right. I truly believe what the Word of God says, not what the Word of man says, not what the Word of policy says. You're going to love this video back in the States. <laughs> I hope so. So, how do you think that you've affected... The Knesset. I mean, have you ever have you been able to make a good inroads or what, not what? yet? What we're doing right now is we're working on gathering as many signatures as possible okay. to help to help give us a stronger voice in the Knesset before we petition the Knesset. Okay. But yes, our objective is to lobby in the Knesset with Cry for Zion to take our petition, which which is a legal petition that we had legal experts help us word it and put it together. But it's a power punch of truth. And it's uncompromising in its content. In other words, I'm not making excuses. I am declaring 
that what I'm asking for is Jewish sovereignty on the Temple Mount. No excuses there. Because uh, no political you actually have you actually have all if I'm not mistaken you actually already have legal authority on the Temple Mount. Correct. But yeah, it's not yeah. being enforced out of fear of the media and reprisal from governments. And Am Islamic opposition. Yeah. And Islamic opposition, which is great. Again, appeasement. Because we have this, feel this need to appease somebody but ourselves. Now, if I'm not mistaken, and I've seen this myself being on the Temple Mount. Yeah. I've had little kids come up hollering. I've done video. Hollering, Allah Akbar. Yeah. And uh, sure. the Palestinian Authority, which is funded by global governments, and I specifically sure. say the United States. Sure. They literally ship Muslims in from Judea and Samaria. Yep. From and down south, from down, where I live, from down south, from, from Bedouin towns, that there, that, that are, Bedouins are Muslims, but not all of the Bedouins are anti-Israel. Right. In fact, and a lot of them are pro-Israel, serving the IDF and all that as Muslims. Right. But then you have these Bedouins who, maybe financially, are very strong. They're not very, you know, able to stand. Passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth. That's what Dr. Michael Youssef does each week on Leading the Way. And now you can listen right here on Radio Sandy Springs. Join Dr. Youssef for profound teaching and insight into the worldwide ministry of Leading the Way. You'll also hear accounts of how the gospel message is reaching some of the darkest areas of the world. So join us for Leading the Way. This is Doug Dahlgren of The Prologue. America's Web Radio offers a wide variety of programming that will keep you interested and entertained throughout your week. There are shows about medicine and your health, energy issues, antique cars, our constitution, vegetables and gardening, politics and opinion, business issues, and legal matters, like drones and how they can affect your life. On Fridays at 11 a.m., you can listen to my show, The Prologue, with a new author and a book I just know you'll want to read. The good news is, if you miss a show, they're all archived and available in podcast form when you're ready to listen as often as you like. So stay tuned, won't you, to America's Web Radio and add to the enjoyment of your day. And so, yes, they pay for their bus ride to come here. They pay for them to stand here all day and hackle juice. They fund them. They, they holler all akbar yeah. anyone that's not Muslim, and especially even more so, give a very difficult time when the Jews go up there. You know, the word religious Kipa, things, yep. Nothing religious at all. They even watch your mouth move, which is yes. unbelievable. Because and you can't even take a drink of water up there. Unbelievable. You know why? No, I didn't. Because in Judaism... We believe that everything that we, religious Judaism, yeah, we believe that you take something that God created, you give thanks. Right. So, bless you, you probably noticed this when we had uh, dinner here earlier, but I blessed the meal. And I said, bless you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who's created didn't. everything. Forgive me, God. No, it's okay. It's, it's just something that, that no, you know, I, we do. No, I'm supposed to. I need <laughs> to be thankful. And, anyway. so, and so, before I took the drink of water, that's the blessing you, you, you bless. And then after the you bless and you've consumed whatever it is, then you have the longer blessing of thanksgiving to God. So they know this, and because they know this, the Muslims, they prevent us from even drinking water. Wow. That's why. Not because they're afraid that we're going <laughs> to that we're going to hydrate. Water no, that we're going to hydrate ourselves. That's right. not their fear, but right. their, their fear is that we're going to pray. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> now, how can Americans help? What can we do in the United States to back you in this petition or in anything that you need? Simple way is if you believe in Zion, if you believe that the Messiah of Israel is going to sit, rule, and reign in Jerusalem, which is what I believe, because that's I believe it. That's what the scriptures say. 
The prophecies talk about the coming Messiah who's going to come, rule and reign from Jerusalem, the Messiah ben David, son of David. So if the Messiah that you Christians believe in is not going to sit on the throne of David, then what I tell Christians is then you're following the wrong guy. Okay, so the Messiah of Son of David has, has to fulfill the prophecy Son of David, meaning he will sit and rule and reign from Jerusalem on the throne of David. So in order to usher in the time where Messiah is going to come, then you have to help us to help ourselves to support people like me, you, Doug Lee, Temple Institute, these small organizations who are fighting for this very cause. Right. And so you can sign our petition. You make your voice heard. You can help fund our movement. You go to cryforzion.com and you can say, okay, I want to fund you. And, you, and, you and, and the best thing you can do is fund us monthly because, you know, it's nice when people throw us, you know, $10,000 and say, here you go. And right. I say, thank you. But we have a long-term goal here. We have a long-term up battle to fight here. Right. We need a whole lot more than $10,000 for this and, and $20,000 for that. There's a lot of costs involved, as you know. These kind of things, this kind of media pushing, and we're building a documentary right now to promote these kind of things. We don't do it out of thin air. Right. People have to work. People have to, 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 to put into it. So you can help us by funding that. Fund your future in this land. Because, because when the Messiah sits in Jerusalem and rules, your future is secure. Absolutely. When Obama or anybody, you know, Putin and any of these world leaders are sitting in ruling the world and continue to, our future is doomed. Right. The only hope humanity has, that's all humanity, not just the Jewish people, all humanity is for the Messiah of Israel to sit in Jerusalem and to reign in justice. Amen. Amen. So that's my hope, and if you can help me to accomplish that... And we're actually going to post your information uh, with this video. Awesome. And folks, it's so important because uh, we need to, first of all, we know, look, to the Christians I say this, if you think the next election is going to save the United States, you are sorely mistaken. Yeah. This is about a kingdom, not a country. And we've been led by the nose down the road of this false narrative of, of, an, of a nationalism, of a government that is completely godless. Yes, there are remnants of godly men in the government, but trust me, they don't have the power. And so what you should be doing is, America's a concept, but if we want to regain the concept, which will only happen in our heart when we go back to the concrete, which is God, the Jewish people, and Israel. Sure. And when we stand with uh, uh, crying for Zion, cry for Zion, yep. cry for Zion, uh, and and with guys like this and organizations like this, I'm telling you, your life will be blessed in so many ways. In so many ways. So, brother, I want to say thank you for thank being you. on Insight to Israel. Yes, sir. And you were in Gavati when you were in Givati. the military. That's right. I'm gonna. I want to bless you and your family. Yes. We're gonna do two things. Okay. We're gonna donate a hundred chocolate bars. Okay. Uh, to you and your family. For you to put your individual note on to the soldiers. Okay. And uh, we're going to get your kids some chocolate. They probably don't need it, but <laughs> no, you can't <laughs> deny the goy what he wants. No. 
So, but uh, we're going we're to donate in, in your family's name. We'll cry design if you want to do 50-50. We want to give you that opportunity to tell the soldiers thank you for defending the Jewish state. Sure, absolutely. All right? Absolutely. I would love to do that. I think Great. that's wonderful. And we need more Americans to get involved with Chocolates for Heroes. This is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel and Chocolates for Heroes. God bless the patriot conservatives who stand for the Judeo-Christian-founded Constitution and Bill of Rights. And God bless Israel in her fight for sovereignty and security. All right. Uh, this, is Michael, this, this is Michael Gano with Insight to Israel and Chocolates for Heroes. It is another beautiful day in the Jewish state uh, in spite of what the world does, what the world says, and how they act towards the Jewish people. This country continues to thrive and survive and even bless their enemies. And uh, I have on the phone uh, Doron Kedar. Doron, am I saying your name, last name right? That's pretty good, dude, sir. All right, all right. Well, uh, listen, you're down there on the Gaza border area. Uh, now, are you directly in State Road, or are you in the area? Or explain, explain your situation. We're just, we're just uh, south uh, of Beirut, um, just a few kilometers south of it. And actually, we're in about the exact same distance away from the Gaza Strip. Wow. Which so is we're, we're just along the northern, we're just still also along the northern border of the Gaza Strip. Wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so you had an incident this morning, and tell us about that incident and the response of the U.S., the Israeli, I almost said the U.S. The Israeli, well, we should be down there actually helping you. We're working in Syria and Iraq and Afghanistan, and we should actually be helping our only ally in the Middle East. But uh, share with us what you experienced this morning and, and during the day. Well, this morning, um, <laughs> I actually have a dog in the neighborhood, <laughs> a little chihuahua. But at any rate, what's happened is um, that there was rocket fire into the Gaza into the civilian community from Gaza, and the rocket fell right in between two houses, and literally just missed the houses by, I mean. <laughs> We're talking about a few meters. Wow. And so I would say all the last few hours here, in response to that attack in the morning, the Israeli Air Force has been bombing most likely the locations in which uh, the attack took place or where they fired rockets from. Yeah. Either this morning or uh, what I would say, because usually the bombing goes on for quite a while, it's probably targets that have been marked for, um, you know, for really for months where, where we've, you know, been restraining ourselves and not taking a response, not, not retaliating through the thousands of rockets that have been fired into Israel. And the way I understand it is they're just, they, they're now saying, okay, fine, we're going to take out all of these installations while we're at it. Wow. So that's why it's like such a long, continuous bombing, and it goes on for sometimes for hours. That's amazing. Uh, listen, so here's my next question. Uh, look, where you guys are, this is not an uncommon occurrence, and the media doesn't have the time or the patience or the will, the desire, to actually speak about or report on every time there is a rocket fired uh, at the Jewish yeah. state from the Gaza. Uh, what's yeah. your, this year alone, what, what has been your experience when it comes to uh, Hamas's attack on Israel through these uh, various uh, through these 
to the rockets that are coming periodically? I would say, uh, unfortunately, for the past year, Israel has been um, still continuously bombed from the Gaza Strip. Not as badly as during the, just prior to the uh, war in 2014. Wasn't as heavily bombed here, but uh, again, there was a war. We retaliated. We went in with our military and everything. And since 2014 and, and today, in the past two years, there's still been uh, continuous rocket fire from the Gaza Strip. And because of Israel's, uh, politically speaking, the nation of Israel uh, trying to appease the nations, appease the United States, Europe, and, and what have you, we simply haven't been doing our job, I would say, defending the citizens of this of this country, the, the citizens living along the 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 Gaza Strip, who are just I mean it, it, it's the status quo. You know, sure we get rocket fire at us, we go into our, our our bomb shelters, we have to stop work, we have to stop school. Over ninety percent of the children living in this area have PTSD, post traumatic stress uh, wow. disorder. I mean that's that's sick. That's unbelievable. Absolutely. That's something that you that you accept for your war fighter who goes and fights wars for you, and that's part of the that's part of the the hell of war. You know that that's accepted. It's like okay, we go, we fight our war fighters. You know they pay that that sacrifice. They they signed so to speak a contract and saying I'm going to do this. What do these children have? What do they do to 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 have to to grow up with with that syndrome? You know, and it's not something that they can just relocate. And uh, all of a sudden, everything will be okay. They, they they will carry that trauma. It will impact and ripple effect everyone they come in contact with for years to come. Yeah. So that's the reality of what we've been living under. And and in the past year now, it's it's been no different. You know, just a continuous bombardment. The only difference is, I would say, that I've seen is in the leadership. Really, I, I have to say that ever since Avigdor Lieberman became the the minister of defense. Um, we have seen an immediate reply, an immediate uh, airstrike reply to these attacks. It wasn't, you know, a month later, a year later. It's immediate, same day. Now, for, for those listeners uh, whose Hebrew may not be that good, uh, you mentioned <laughs> the, 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 the head of, the, of, of national defense, Avi Lieberman. Yeah. Did I say that correct in English? A, 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 yeah, Victor Lieberman. Okay. Uh, he's an, he's actually, he was very favored. He's an amazing man as far as his record and standing with Israel and his honesty about what the whole situation, you know, many people believe in the media by what the media portrays. This is about, uh, you know, Israelis and Palestinians and a two state. This is actually about Islamic global takeover and this being the only region in the Middle East that the Muslims don't own and it goads them that not only do they not own it, but that Jews own it and, uh, yeah. thrive, and, and thrive in this land. And uh, so he's an amazing man. Can you give us a little bit about his history? Or you... Well, uh, really, I don't know much about his, his, his history. Okay. Um, I know that militarily he doesn't have a very rich history, and that was, part of the, that was part of the reason that a lot of people objected to him becoming the defense minister and saying, well, he doesn't have a military background, you know, this you know, extensive, he wasn't in some, you know, combat unit or what have you. Right. But the thing is, 
really what you need is somebody who can, you know, who can orchestrate, as far as defense minister, who can orchestrate experts. You know, the military, they're experts at what we do. Right. The, the police, law enforcement, you know, each one in his, in his duties, those are the experts. And really it's a matter of how do you, uh, how do you use those expertise that you're, you know, those tools that you have as, as a minister to, to, you know, to ensure security in your country. Right. And here's what's unfortunate is the former defense minister who was, in my opinion, a great general in the IDF. I served, when I served in the military, um, I was serving at the end of his period. And as a general of the IDF, he was a, he did a great job. He did a wonderful job. He was really someone that, you know, was someone I looked up to. But for some reason, when he became defense minister, it's just crazy. It's like this guy flipped on his head, and he started just making stupid decisions, in my opinion, that, that just didn't make sense, you know? Right. Um, and like I said, I've been living here for, my family and I have been living here for over two years. Um, we were here during the, the last war in 2014. I was serving up on the, on the Lebanese border as a reservist. Wow. And I can tell you, I did not see the type of response that I expected from someone like him, his caliber. You know, I mean, this is someone who served in a combat unit, who became the general of the IDF. He had a rich military history. He had a great record. All the guys under him respected him and thought he did a good job. He wasn't someone, you know, that, that had any, that anyone could have complained about. You right. know, I didn't have any complaints against him. Um Whereas, for example, the guy who replaced him as the general of the, of the IDF uh, in 2006, I believe it was, um, you know, the Air Force uh, general, we can stand that guy. He, he, made, he did a horrible job as, as, as the general of the IDF. You know, uh, Boogie Ayalon, who, again, who did a great job, but when he became a politician, for some reason, these people just flip on their head and they start, I guess, to express their political opinion. And their political opinion doesn't line up with their professional expertise. Yeah. And that's where things get messed up. You know, the and same, that's what I see. The same can be said about uh, Benny Gantz, who I had the honor of meeting. And, you know, he did an amazing job. I'm telling you, you whenever I was with the soldiers... Uh, when Benny Gantz was head of the, the military, you say his name, and wow, and I showed my picture to him a lot, you know, and they're like, wow, that's my dream to get a picture with Benny Gantz. How did you get that picture? That, I just happened to be at the right time at the right place, and someone let me through the, like, six rings of security that were around him, you know. And uh, so, it's, and then when he gets out of the military, it's like his whole – the guy went completely leftist. Now, I hope he never gets involved yeah. in politics, and I say that with respect to who the man was right. in the military, but not with respect to who the man is as a civilian. And uh, sure. I was very disappointed to hear some of his views, and that's just like I, – I, I agree with you. It's sad to see that those who are the strongest, who are the most encouraging, who have the most expertise, the, the, the politics changes them. And I, The politics – Changes them exactly, and I think that's something that people don't realize here in Israel, is that you know we have such a democracy that I believe it gets to the point where we allow our political opinions to affect the security of our civilians, and we don't even we don't even realize that we don't see how you can't mix the two. You you know there's either 
either you have a defense for your for your people or you don't. Right. It doesn't matter what it, what side of the spectrum you fall on, left or right. You know, we all need to agree on the fact that no civilian anywhere in the land of Israel should be living under such extreme bombardment of rockets. Just yesterday, you know, for example, I, we were visiting a, a Jewish family here who are really good friends of ours um, who have, you know, kids and everything. And she told me, she said, you know, I don't, she says, I don't understand, you know, how, how, you know, how you guys live here and, and are not as concerned as I am. Because, you know, because she was just blown away at our faith at just not, you know, not letting it get to us, if you will, you know. Right. And I said, well, because I really trust in, in, in what the, the scriptures have to say about the future of Israel. I don't look at the reality on the ground right now. Or yet, to a certain degree, it looks grim, you know, but I have faith in the Word of God. You know, if it said that we would be restored to our land and it's happened, then how much more the, the rest of the story, you know, that wow. it, there is a good ending. Yeah. But for her, she said, you know, it's, it's just hard for me. You know, she said, I, I, I've been afraid to leave my home with my kids. I haven't gone to any public events, nothing, because of the wave of terrorism lately, because of these bombings. I mean, here's a woman living here, and, and to me, to hear that, there's one thing that comes to my mind, being, a you know, myself a security professional, this is what I've done for many years now after my military service, and when I served in the military, I served with the purpose of, of, of ensuring security for the people living here. Right. And, and, and so when you go out on a mission to do that, and you come back home and you sit down with people, you know, and you hear them say that, to me it says we failed. We failed them, and we are failing them right now. We right. are failing them with our policies, and the nation of Israel really needs to take its security much more serious, and that might sound really stupid coming from a nation that is co considered to be one of the top uh, security professional, professionally top security nations in the world, yet I'm telling you as one who works in this field, we are failing our citizens miserably my citizens in our country should not feel the threat of their lives as they're walking the streets they should feel free they should feel secure and safe absolutely whereas on the flip side palestinians arabs and what have you they walk around the streets of israel without without a without a fear without a doubt of anything absolutely how is that and the media doesn't even talk about that of course you know, because they don't cover that. It's amazing because, uh, Duran, you, you actually have an organization. Uh, you're, you're actually going to be on this Sunday's radio show, uh, Cry yeah. for Zion. Yeah. And uh, it, that was a great interview you did, and I want to encourage everyone to listen uh, this Sunday at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 17 and 21, in the Jewish state. My next and last question is, Duran, uh, you know, when a rocket comes over, let's be honest, when a rocket comes over, that rocket is paid for. We can, we can, we can lump all the countries in together that fund the Gaza. But since, this, since most people listen to this from the U.S., uh, their money, their money, and it's, it, it enrages me, enrages me, yeah. their money is, is going to help build that rocket to Hamas because it goes to the Palestinian Authority. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, money funded from the United States, money funded from European nations, uh, Germany being the, the head 
of those nations that supports the, the Palestinian cause the most, they funnel millions, billions of dollars, millions, billions of dollars, 25 times more money than was put into rebuilding Europe after World War II. Wow. I mean, let's put things into perspective. We're talking about the Gaza Strip. There's nothing, there's nothing there. I mean, what are you doing? Where, are you, where is all this money going to? Yeah. You know, where is this money going into? It's going into war materials to destroy the one and only Jewish state and definitely not into building schools, building uh, 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 businesses, and things that you would think that, like, like Europe has done, right? If you look at Europe, there, you know, I've done business in Europe. I've helped develop a, a, a body armor in, in, uh, in, in working with different countries in Europe. And these companies are huge, they're successful, they're professional, and you could say, well, you know, these are countries that were, that had just, you know, been through a war, you know, 70 years ago, you know, world war. But yet, they they pulled themselves together, and they built themselves up, they didn't, you know, play this violin of poor me, and I'm, and I'm, a, and I'm a, uh, uh, you know, I, what do you call it, um, <laughs> the word in English, um, Basically, you know, saying that, 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 that you know, uh, refugee. You know, I'm a refugee, and, and, yeah. and I and I refugee status, and, and, and I've had the, you know, the, you know, all these uh, handicaps in life. No, everybody has an, can 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 cry about a handicap in life. Everybody can can say, you know, I grew up black or I grew up white in a black community or whatever. You know, anybody can say and and, and, and use, you know, whatever experiences they went through in life. As, and say that's a handicap and just and just give up. But, you know, the world doesn't go around and start handing out cash to those people who, 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 are, who are victimizing themselves, you know, right. and just living in victimhood forever. That's unbelievable. It's, it, it's irresponsible. And this is what these nations are doing till today. They're still doing it because they think these people are refugees. And let's be real. A refugee is not someone who's born into refugeedom. It doesn't. Some, it's not something that can, it's continuous. Right. Okay. Right. They're not refugees. They grew up in the reality they grew up in, and they want to believe the lie. And it's propaganda that's funded from these wonderful countries. In fact, a lot of the propaganda itself is from Europe. They put the propaganda into Palestinian schools so that they can use the Palestinians as pawns against Israel. And that's really the sickening thing: is that these people are actually victims. They're not victims of Israel and Israel brutality or Israeli military force or what have you. They're victims of the very people that fund them and, and act as if they care about them. They don't care about them a flip. What they care about them is, as, like I said, is being pawns in order to fight against the one and only Jewish state in this region and in the world. And I think it's because these nations failed in the, in the Holocaust. They failed to destroy the... Jewish people in Europe, and now they're trying to destroy us here in the Middle East. Well, it's not going to work. What All the money in the world they can fund into it, every country in the world can stand against us, but the God of Israel will stand up against them, and at the end of days, it says that there will be a Messiah, the King of Israel, who will sit in Zion, and he will execute the judgment of God in all the earth, and those kings are going to come and, and I would say they're going to come on all fours, so to speak, yeah? Right. They'll come trembling because of the evil that they had planned against 
the seed of that king. Wow. Wow. Brother, I agree with you. And uh, we, listen, even as someone who's not Jewish who knows biblical prophecy, uh, and I don't call it the Old Testament. That is a European, that's a European term. And uh, I call it the, the first covenant that is right. eternal. That's the book eternal. of covenants. And uh, so uh, I'm, I'm thankful we long for those days. Together we long for those days. But we're going to go through a rough road, brother, before that happens. Rough road. And uh, I'm thankful for everyone that, that's all for the glory. I'm, I'm thankful for everyone that stands with the Jewish state uh, in your fight for sovereignty and security. Uh, you are. I'm very thankful for people like you. I'm very thankful for the many Christians around the world that stand with Israel. And, and, and the thing that unites us is the Word of God. And as long as we stand together in that hope, then uh, it, we're going we're gonna to see the we're going to see the end come soon. We're going to see the blessing of God come soon. Wow, wow, great stuff, great stuff. Duran, thank you. God bless your family. Listen, we're going to get down there and visit you, and uh, we're going to do some video. Cry for Zion. Cry for Zion. Uh, we're going to post a website with this, uh, with this video that we're going to do. We're going to put the audio in the video. And I want to say thank you for all your hard work, uh, Duran, and I hope that you guys have a wonderful evening. Thank you very much, Duran. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, have a good evening. Anna, listen, folks, I want to tell you that these soldiers that defend freedom every day are the best in the world. And I'm here in the mall because I've, I've got some things that I have some business I have to take care of. And three times today I run into soldiers that were former soldiers, but you're always a soldier. And I ran into Anna. Anna walked by and she said, hey, Hershey's for Heroes. Now, do you remember my first name? No, she didn't. Folks, let me tell you something. Thank you for sending Hershey's for Heroes. She didn't remember my name, and that's not what's important. What is important is the message that Americans send to these young soldiers that defend freedom. Anna, we, I, you got Hershey's for Heroes twice? Yes. You did? Yes. What was it like for you when you, when you first saw that note on that chocolate bar? I was very happy. <laughs> and, and now, what made you happy? I felt supported. I felt yeah, stronger. And what would you say to Americans who sent those chocolate bars? Thank you. Thank you for supporting me. And it is good to see you again. Good Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for stopping. It's, it's, you know, let me say this. There's a lot of people in this world that not only don't like this country, but they don't like me and others that support it. And so when you stop by and say thank you again, even after, because you're out of the Army now. Yes. You're going to take a trip overseas? Okay. But when you stop and say thank you, that, that keeps us going because we will always support you because we love you. Thank All you right? very much. Anna, thank you. God bless you. All right? You have a great day. Thank you. All right, folks. There you go. I want to say thank you to Americans who send chocolates for heroes. It means a lot to these soldiers. And we just handed out some here. I, I keep them with me wherever I go. And uh, these young people need to hear from Americans that support the Jewish state. It's so important because the world is growing wicked and dark every day. 
as everyone, as, as the world community submits to the hand of Islam, we must stand with the Jewish state.